everybody. Welcome to a very quarantined episode <laughs> of With Brian Austin Green. I am with Brian Austin Green. This is my partner, Derek Russell. That was kind of existentialism. You're, you're with Brian Austin Green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, I'm touching my face right now, and I'm not supposed to be doing that. Oh, well. Just don't touch other stuff. I, be well, fun. you know, I my whole life is a face palm. I don't know how not to touch my face. I, I, I face palm all, all day long. Everything I do is a face palm. Yeah, I... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's hard not to touch your face. <laughs> How's quarantine going? Quarantine, quarantine. Um, it's hard. So here in here in California, in Los Angeles, in Canada, it's it in in Los Angeles, Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been raining. So not only has it felt like okay, like the shit hit the fan. You know, everything changed within like two days. All of a sudden, everyone's at every grocery store and. It's like panic in the streets, and but then it's fucking raining on top of it. So it really, it really, really felt like the zombie apocalypse. But isn't that like good? Because nobody in Los Angeles slash Canada knows how to drive in the rain. So wait, so that's good? <laughs> that means nobody's going it's, out. It's, it's like well, it's, it's already it's already terror, and then people sliding well, like yeah. they're seeing the T Rex in Jurassic Park. <laughs> Two. <laughs> the the looting has already commenced. It's, it, it's the lost world, and people are like zooming through intersections in reverse, yeah, screaming. That's fine. Yeah, don't worry yeah. about that. Don't oh, that's that's that. totally normal. I mean, <laughs> ideally, if you needed to get from you know across town in LA right now, now's the time. Traffic. Uh, is, yeah, is yeah. Empty. Traffic is well. I mean, all businesses are shut. The they're f- they're the, all closed. The four hundred so five is is completely yeah. There there is no rush hour anymore. Rush hour no longer exists <laughs> in Los Angeles, which is which is strange because that's that's something that you usually time things around, right. and that that becomes here in Los Angeles, Canada. That is a uh, that is a very normal part of the day of your driving experience is like planning for traffic and, and all that. And when you go on, uh, like, you know, Google maps or, or, uh, or on your phone, you know, whatever ways, whatever you're using, it literally, it says like 10 minutes to get somewhere that normally takes you an hour and a half. That is insane. Yeah. And you're like, Holy shit. Yeah. 10 minutes. It's the exact opposite of Thanksgiving holiday traffic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Wait, so, okay, so let me get into this because I just wanted to say this. Okay. Um, the, the first episode that we, that we recorded in the new year, one of my resolutions was to be, um, to be more, to, to, to. Regular. To, yeah, to be more regular in, in doing this podcast, um, to be more consistent. And, uh, that was my plan. And, um. I have had no problem with that plan. But now Derek, I'll send Derek a text like, hey, we're we recording this week. And he'll text me back like three weeks later and go, hey. <laughs> <laughs> like, and they're all they're all one word texts. What like, day you know, is it? It's uh yeah, he's 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 sending it's it's very much like Donald Trump texting at two in the morning. <laughs> Tweeting. He's he, yeah. He's he's making up words and it's all sort of nonsensical <laughs> and Co- so that is uh, that is very much Derek. So Derek, you want to as much as, as much as I would yeah. like to say that I'm responsible for uh, for inconsistency with this show, it is not it is not my fault. It, it has been Derek. But isn't and, I, know, and I'll put it on him. Isn't isn't like time meaningless now? I mean, yeah, I'll accept blame, but like everything's just gone to hell now. Like nothing nothing matters anymore. The world. That's a, is... that's a very uh, that's a very Buddhist look at, <laughs> at time. <laughs> It's what is time? I mean, really, why are we all here? I've I've I've, I've taken up nihilism in quarantine. Um, right, very yeah. uh, anti everything. I but you know, I, of course, I think the joke for a lot of introverts right now, including myself, huge introvert. I, I've been practicing social distancing my entire life. This is nothing new to me. Right, yeah, it is nothing. New. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to talk to people as it is. I, uh, it's, I'm always it's, six feet away from yeah, somebody. It's different for me because I am, I mean, you know me, I'm very, I'm a very social person. Yeah. Like I'm very, I'm very into hugging people and touching people and doing all of that as you've witnessed Stop and it. seen <laughs> in, in, in being in my presence. 
Um, so this is, I, I forget about that sometimes. And so this social distancing thing for me, as I'm sure it is for a lot of people is, uh, is very, it's very challenging because I, it, a lot of, a lot of what I do and, and how I am with people is, uh, is, is, Un, is subconscious. Like it, I don't, I don't think about it. You know, it's, I, I see someone and I, I hug them and I'm happy to see them. And so I have to stop myself and go, okay, I can't, can't do that anymore. No making out right now. Sorry, Megan. Yeah. <laughs> who was Sorry, Doug Emerson. Who, <laughs> Doug, what, what's, and she was overseas. You were telling me, I guess filming. Yeah. That's well, yeah, scary. so she was she was in Puerto Rico, which they they haven't had much of an issue there. Um, Puerto Rico, poor fucking place. They 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 have enough on their plate still at this point. Yeah. Um, so she was there for for a few weeks uh, filming, and then she was supposed to finish filming there and then go to Bulgaria to uh, to work, and that obviously is not happening now. So not only is that not happening, but her uh, her Puerto Rico film was uh was postponed they, they put it on hold so she's back home now which is which is nice everything is it weird just knowing everything there is shut down as far as productions go i mean just like, it's uh yeah i mean it's, yeah. it's kind of I mean, uh, unprecedented a, a really good friend of mine writes on uh, fargo and he's been living in chicago for the past like four months and he's home now because they two weeks uh two weeks before before wrap on the season they uh they called production they they shut it down, and so he's uh, he's home, and you know nobody knows nobody knows when it's going to pick up again, and when these shows are going to finish shooting, and when stuff's going to happen. Daddy, yes. daddy, Mama said I could get another dinosaur. Another dinosaur. All right, Papa, let me finish doing this, okay? So that was Journey. I want um, another dinosaur. Yeah, he new dinosaur. Yeah. Or the, yeah, he's, so he's got. So that's his new that's his new thing right now is it, dinosaurs. How, he's got he has like fifty plus dinosaurs, and he gets them all the time off of uh, Amazon. We just sort of that's dangerous. Jurassic Park, damn them! <laughs> they were so they have this. It's a really brilliant idea, but it sucks for 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 parents. Um, As most things. Do. So so Jurassic Park, they they're releasing you know all of the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. But what they've done is they've put a little sticker on the foot and there's an app so you can scan the sticker and then it the dinosaur comes to life on the phone. So all of a sudden it's like you buy an Allosaurus and then the Allosaurus is alive on the phone and you hear it, you know, you see it moving, you hear it growling, you hear all that. And so now now my son wants to buy, of course, all of the dinosaurs because there's like 600 that he doesn't have that are in the Jurassic Park app. Well, just buy them up. I mean, quarantine. I mean, that you know. Don't don't say that. Don't just buy them up. Just what do you mean? It's fine. No, yeah. it's not it's fine. fine. Don't worry about it. Are you what? <laughs> what are you telling them? Because like, what? I mean, as far as the kids go, like here it doesn't matter. But like Wesley is nine, so she's fully aware of what's going on. And now they yeah, they, they, they. I mean, the kids, the Bodie and, and Noah know about the coronavirus, and you know the, and and that they're out of school, and so they're doing school online, which is. If if they didn't know, they know now. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, you know, it's it, it very much you you make them aware on the on the level that uh, that they understand. Yeah. I mean, Noah understands a lot more than Bodhi does. Um, so the kids know, you know, keep up with washing their hands. That it, we can't go out. We can't go to the normal places and play. It's hard. It's hard right now with the whole with with staying home from school because the things that you would normally do um, to entertain kids go to play places, go to the movies, go those are all closed. Yeah, zoos closed. There's no, you yeah. can't. I mean, there's nothing. You can go walk around the block, and that's right. That's yeah. it. You can do that, and you you can try and find uh, find parks that are sort of off the beaten path that don't have a lot of people and get a little fresh air time. But you know we haven't we haven't had that here in, in LA because of the rain. So we've been uh, they've they've been holed up. We don't have we're not into like social media with them, or there's no computers, or there's no access to any of that for them. So uh, it's it's a little challenging. I mean they're they're really good kids. 
So, uh, but it, it definitely is challenging. Now, how is school working with that? Because like I, they have not implemented that for Wesley and I, I, figure that's coming so so wes is not April. doing any online school not yet we aren't set up for anything like that but now <laughs> we're in mississippi i don't know if you but <laughs> yeah so so the kids are the kids are using uh ipads yeah and they and they're using this software called zoom yeah that seems to be the go-to for everybody for for meetings and stuff through the yeah apparently zoom is there's a conspiracy that zoom is is why they're the in coronavirus happened they're in on it <laughs> They were like, how do we get more people to download this? Hmm, let's come up with chemical warfare. Biological warfare. If we yeah, there's we a chemical can, weapon. <laughs> we could raise the stakes. Everyone's going to have to be inside and done. So, yeah, so they're using Zoom, um, which the first the first day and a half was, you know, it's kids that have been away from school that are all excited to see each other. So it was a lot of a lot of talking, a lot of, you know, visiting and talking to the other kids and everybody, Hey, there you are. And, you know, seeing each other and all that. So now it's, now it's a little more schoolwork and it's, it's pretty cool. It's working out well. They've, you know, they're doing uh, like their art teachers coming over to the teacher's house and doing some, some stuff Their Their Spanish teacher came, their music teacher came. So they're, they've done some, uh, some digital like field trips, which is kind of cool. All that's available. So yesterday Noah's class, uh, toward the white house, online which was pretty cool that's cool yeah yeah so it's i mean luckily we're in an age now where where that is all possible so there there's so much information online that uh that you know that that something like this works it doesn't work as well obviously as being in a classroom and socializing but it works uh it works for now Hmm. it it's not i it's not ideal i'm not like yay homeschool like you know they I, I I look forward to the day school opens again. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is this for right now seems to be working. Yeah. My oldest son, Cash, he uh he was doing Footloose. He was playing the lead in that at, at school. Oh, wow. And that was and that was postponed. So yeah. he was he was pretty bummed about that. Um but there's there's nothing you can really do about situations like that. I mean, that just sort of is what it is. I they he rehearsed a lot. Uh, the theater company, the theater group rehearsed a lot and they were, they were prepared and they, they postponed the show the day of the show. Mm, yeah. That stinks. Yeah. You work so hard for something and then yeah. just pull it. Yeah. Wesley's, <sighs> yeah. Wesley's birthday's in a couple of weeks and she had tickets to, we had her tickets to a concert and, uh, obviously she can't, so I had I had tickets now. for uh, for Cash's birthday, which was Sunday, the fifteenth, to Hamilton. Oh. They were they uh, yeah they're they're doing shows you know they're they're touring now across the country yeah. and so he had tickets to to uh, Hamilton in Los Angeles and then that was that was closed down and everyone was reimbursed. So yeah, kind of kind of a shitty shitty time for him with uh, with the birthday, and he turned eighteen. Oh yeah. A bad, so, yeah, yeah. Wesley's like I said in two weeks, and she's like, "Can yeah. I have people over?" And I'm like, "No, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's nothing's gonna happen, babe." So yeah, your party will be a candle on my iPad. We could, and, I uh, mean, we yeah, we could <laughs> and uh, a cupcake. We could have everybody over via Zoom because they're you know in on the biological right. Yeah. crisis. Right. <laughs> I can't understand you through the mask. <laughs> you don't have to wear what? it. It's over Zoom. <laughs> right. Well. People are out of their minds. So many people, so many people wearing those those surgical masks on the street. Yeah, and they they don't do anything. Nah. And hospitals are running short on yeah. them. Which is, I, I, it's this whole. So here's the thing: as much as the virus stinks, and I, I'm, I you know, there's I'm I'm cautious about the virus. I'm much more worried about society than the virus. Oh yeah, yeah. Society is, you know, when I when I go into the grocery store and uh, and there are racks, there there are aisles of food where there's literally nothing, um, and it doesn't need to be. Grocery stores aren't going to close. Grocery, I mean, you know, in in the hardest hit parts of the world, in Italy, uh, grocery stores are still open. Right. So if people go back to their normal shopping habits, stores can restock food. Our food chain is not going to close down. They're not going to stop delivering food. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the grocery stores will then restock and it'll be a little more back to normal that way. But the toilet um, paper, Brian, 
I right. This I don't I don't want to be judgmental, but this isn't this isn't a colon based virus anyway. So I don't understand what the rush for toilet paper has been. I was reading an article the other day uh, with a psychologist that said uh, that the the whole thing behind the toilet paper basically boils down to it's it's a control people don't want to run out of it well yeah but i mean it boils down to uh, the 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 mad rush on it is like a control factor like that's something you can control right to go out and 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 buy all that and like a well but but harrowing time yeah but that's i mean you could do the you could say the same thing about anything you could say that about you know iceberg lettuce and iceberg lettuce could have been. I've got it all. Every, the whole town I went through, I got all the right. iceberg yeah. lettuce. Yeah, I went to every store and I bought all the iceberg lettuce I could find I because mean, they're like saying it. there's going to be a shortage on that. Yeah. So, so people I'll, I'll trade honestly could have picked anything, and 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 it could have been a control issue. Yeah, this is true. It's just it's so, the fact that it, it that that's what happens. Everybody honed in on one thing. I saw somebody but, took a video <laughs> like in Walmart. <laughs> of a pallet coming in and, and just this mass of people go to the pallet. Yeah. So there's, yeah. So there's a grocery store down the street from me called Bristol farms. Yeah. That's uh that's, it's, it's a, it's kind of like a whole foods, but a little higher end. And there, there are less of them. There, there are fewer of them, but they said to me, they were like, we, we got in a pallet of toilet paper and literally just put the pallet in the, in, in the aisle. And people just swarmed it, and within like ten minutes, it was it was oh, yeah. gone. Picked over, and that that was that was at a store that you wouldn't expect that from. The the video I saw had taken the audio out, and they had replaced it with zombies. Uh, sounds <laughs> right. like zombies. understandable. Yeah, that that's the perfect audio. Oh, a horde that. of zombies. Good job. Feasting. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's, it's insane. So, it's bizarre. It's very surreal, though, because you turn on the TV, and I hate we're kind of talking about this, but it's on, on the one hand, it's like you create content. People are looking for something right now to distract themselves. They want something different to you know because everybody turns on the news. This is this is everywhere right now. Social media, whatever. This is all you're getting. So on the one hand, you kind of want to be different and not talk about it and give people something else to listen to or think about but at the same time it's kind of all you can think about right now like it's oh it's overwhelming to i've had i've had people complain to me about like the news you know the the news is really covering this and making making a meal out of all this and sort of raising raising the uh the scared factor for everyone um but at the same time it's i i kind of feel like it's tough when you have um when you have an administration that's not giving you all the facts, yeah. then then these news organizations step in because you know people want to know the facts, and if they're not getting them from from an administration, uh, then they're going to get them wherever they can, and so it, that's it became sort of a vacuum, and the news filled that. Um, not saying the news isn't guilty of of creating hysteria or helping with hysteria, but. I, I would give them a little leeway in this situation because they it seems like for the most part they've been trying to be really responsible and and uh, I mean they're you know they're they're capitalizing on it of course um, which I I I think is a mistake obviously but uh, at the same time they've been really informative and they've been really trying to give us information that hasn't been there and and have specialists and people that we hadn't heard from. Bring me all the dinosaurs, Father. Right. I require all of Bo- them. Yo, it's Bodie hit me. Oh. Okay. Are you are you okay? <laughs> like you don't seem like you're in tears or you're that bothered by it. So why are you, you I just needed you to know. <laughs> I just needed you to be aware. Yeah. Yeah. That totally. your, that your other child has has, has struck me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what we were talking about now. Oh, the media. Yeah. So, well, I'm I'm done talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've said everything that I need to say on that. Yeah. So, uh, end scene. So, this is life now for whatever for however long we. Uh, you know, I watched um, 
I never. I don't think I ever watched it when it came out. I watched Contagion the other night with Matt Damon and Gwyneth Paltrow, and I was yeah. like, uh, I don't. I don't you know what? I, I a few it. people have watched that recently, and I don't understand why. I don't. Well, I don't I, understand why. It's like watching World War Z. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Basically, you're not. You're not watching something that makes you feel better. So it's well, sort of like you know. Uh, uh, it's the, like let me let me watch. Hmm, we're having massive earthquakes. Let me start watching some disaster well, I films. I can't watch anything <laughs> else. They've taken Saturday Night Live away from me. There's nothing to watch. <laughs> I, I introduced Wesley to Back to the Future yesterday for the first time. Did you? Uh, do you ever watch uh, Last Week Tonight? John yes. Oliver? Yes. That was so yeah. bizarre Sunday night. Yeah, right? So him not having an audience. But I've got to say... He was fucking committed, and John Oliver is the fucking man because the show was really funny, which is is hard in a situation like that, like literally not having any reaction, and he just played like he had a full audience, and it was a regular episode, so – Kudos to him. Yeah, in past, when they've been in between seasons, they'll do like little digital shorts for YouTube, and he'll just have like the writing staff in the audience so you can still hear laughter. But they didn't even do that because they couldn't get into their studio because... No, it was it was a white background. I think they desk. literally did it from his house. Like, I literally yeah. think they'd set up yeah. shop. Like, they put a white background in, in his garage, yeah. and they just yeah. sat there. Yeah. I saw Savannah Guthrie from the Today Show was doing it was uh, broadcasting from her basement yesterday. Was she really? Yeah, they had gotten her a backdrop in there, and she was literally set up shop in her basement and was doing it crazy, from there. crazy. It's and it's weird seeing how many that um, how many people over. I'm not on anything right now, but how many people on social media have like like Colbert did an episode from his bathtub? Like, did he? Like yeah, like live. I think live did it on Twitter and like Fallon did something from, from his living room with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like it's just, this is the, the new normal for the time being. I get it, but it's kind of it. And I said this to Wesley the other day that she was asking me, how, how do you know that it's this bad? And I was like, well, you're out of school for a month now. So that should be obvious. You're never out of school other than summer. Yeah. Yeah, The social, the social triggers. Yeah. (laughs) The the social signs. That should be evident. But she was like, well, you know, what all is closed? And I was explaining, you know, movie theaters now closed. See that, that to me is, that's the stuff that has made it so bad. That's the stuff that's, that's made it. That is schools closing, you know, People not congregating, not the the government saying no more than groups of ten people can come together. When I walk into restaurants that I normally go to, and they have to go food, but they they have you know chairs and tape and signs that say you know nobody can sit. Yeah, <laughs> that's when that's when things really changed. Like that's that was for me that was the biggest change over those like that two day period was. All of a sudden, all the normal things that that you do, like, you know, when 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 the schools closed, I thought, OK, well, you know, so we went to the movies and all that. But when all of that closes, that's when you're like that. That's when it really hits you like, holy shit, this is this is something else. Like when you see pictures of or when you walk into grocery stores and you see aisles empty mm. and and there's no rush hour traffic and the streets are empty and everybody's staying. That's when you, that's when it hits you like the, 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 the gravity of the situation. That's when, cause it's, it's a little hard to wrap your brain around, you know, until you start seeing pictures and, and really living in this situation and you start seeing, uh, Stephen Colbert in his bathtub yeah. and, you know, and Jimmy Fallon in his basement or whatever, wherever he shot, that's when you start realizing like, wow, times have really changed. Well, right I, what was weird here is we, we were one of the last states to have a confirmed case. Like one of, there's like four left and we were one of them. And, uh, so it wouldn't, the, the hysteria had not really gotten here yet and right. went to a restaurant and they were like, no refills. Like they didn't want to take your cup back. Right. to get you a refill on a drink. And I was like, eh, that's... And you were like, what is this? What did I pay for? Right. <laughs> but I was telling... I want my 20... I want my $2 back. Luckily, $20. luckily all I drink's water. $2. $2. Right. <laughs> or 20 cents. Yeah. Just a water cup. Um, but I was telling Wesley, I said, the way to know that this is a big deal, sadly, is Disney's closed. And that's only happened yeah. like twice. Uh, like JFK being assassinated and 9/11 so that yeah. so you you know this is like something huge when stuff like that it happens. Is, yeah. 
can, yeah. I can't imagine what a ghost town that place is right now. Uh, yeah, it's got to be weird. But we could get on. I mean, here ride. for Disneyland, because of the rain, it's a little more understandable. Right. But Disney World, like you see picture, everybody's on the beach and, you know, they're all they're They're not taking the social distancing no, thing no. too serious. No. And now I understand how some people get elected. Yeah, right. <clears throat> and hopefully will not get elected again. But he he referred to himself as a wartime president yesterday. He so again we don't we don't want to get political on this show. We could we could um, but we choose we choose not to just because we don't want the the, the backlash from it, um, and because that's not what this show is. It's an entertainment show. Um, but uh, did you see when 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 Trump when he uh, when he address the, uh, the, the nation and he had, that was the first time I had ever seen a somber Trump, yeah. like yeah. a bit defeated. And then, and I was like, wow, that's really something. And then I, I saw him this morning. He was, he was on the news again speaking. And, uh, that, that chip has sailed yeah. already. Oh, no. <laughs> it's he, like, he, I'll be somber once. He, <laughs> and then it was like, you know, that I thank goodness that I'm your president during this time. Cause yeah. I'm the best president yeah. you've ever had. And it, it was, it was back to bombastic. Well, that, so, that ship sailed for me that, that night from his address from the Oval Office, because there at the end, and I guess you saw it on John Oliver. Oh, when he went, cause C-SPAN was <laughs> showing it. Cause they were like, we're clear. <laughs> right. And he was like, Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He was like, well, things are bad. Right. Although this yeah. is the same administration that three weeks ago that was like, it's not going to be that bad here. Don't, right. worry, don't worry about it's it. It's totally under control. It's fine. We, we're doing everything. We're we doing a great, we're doing a great job. We're doing a great job. Everything. It's going to be over. It's, it's, it's beautiful what we're doing. Beautiful. It's going to be over in like three days. Huge in Italy. Nothing here. <laughs> it's right. going to be fine. My God, the Italy. States are awesome. Poor Italy. I mean, Jesus, people just literally like no response from the government there whatsoever. And people just dying left and right is horrendous. What is happening? People, overseas. people losing their lives and people losing family members and loved ones. And uh, it's, it's a big fucking deal. Do you know anybody that's been affected? Like, if you, I don't, personally? I don't personally, thank yeah. goodness. Yeah, I don't either. But, uh, there are and and our 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 hearts go out to you for sure because this is this is a crazy crazy time and we'll talk about it now but hopefully in subsequent episodes for as long as this goes on we won't continue to we can hopefully can continue to bring you all, right. nine, all yeah. nine of you the entertainment you're used to from uh, yeah. from from us or lack, yeah. or lack thereof so i so what i wanted to talk about uh-huh. which not many people have known anything about um, except for people that are really close to me is, is health stuff that I've, that I've been dealing with and, and dealt with people know a little bit and I'll get random things here and there. Like, Hey, have you had any vertigo issues or whatever? Um, vertigo is vertigo ended up being the least of my problems. Yeah. So, so in 2000, like around 2011, um, Megan and Cash and I went on vacation to Bora Bora. Is this the wreck? I no. This okay. so. This is this is so much bigger than the wreck. Okay. The reason I'm sharing this is because everybody's at home, and so podcasts matter. And and with the with the anniversary of of Luke's passing, and with you know Shannon's news finally coming yeah, out with yeah. the passing of Kobe and his daughter. Um, I just kind of feel like this is this is the right time to get into this, and I haven't before, um, but I, I will now, and I'm choosing to do it here because uh, because this is me speaking, and and so nobody can make whatever they want out of this story. This this is what it is. So it was like 2011, and we went to uh, Bora Bora for vacation, and about a week before we left, I, I started having colon issues, which I've never had before in my life. And I ended up having really bad, um, ulcerative colitis and in Bora Bora, like it got to the point where I was, I I could drink coconut water in the morning and then that was it. And cash was 
snorkeling and doing stuff and, you know, and he and Megan were forced to do stuff, but I, I sat in the room, um, really, really sort of dealing with it bad. So I get home, I see a, a GI specialist and, uh, gastrointestinal for people that don't know. And, uh, and he, he did a colonoscopy on me and he, uh, and he said, Oh, well, you've got, you've got the colon of somebody that's had ulcerative colitis for like seven years. And I said, well, that's, I've had it for like two weeks. So your seven year analysis doesn't make any sense for me. And then it, and then it, uh, I, I took some medicine from him and, uh, and it cleared up and, and the issue was, was done, which isn't a normal colon, uh, colon case from what I hear, from what I hear, it's sort of, it be people that have Crohn's and ulcerative colitis and those things, they sort of, you know, sometimes every other week, sometimes monthly it, uh, those, the, the flare ups are pretty, pretty often and, and regular. So, uh, so I had that and then that went away and then I was shooting anger management and, uh, I had a case of vertigo, which a lot of people heard about mm -hmm. and they assumed that it was from this car wreck that I had, but the vertigo, it, I was, I was having issues way before that. So, um, so we were shooting anger management and, uh, I went home and the next morning I woke up for work and I didn't feel very good. I felt things were a little bit off. So I sent a text to, uh, this guy, Kent, who was, who was our producer at the time. And I said, Hey, I'm, I don't think I'm going to make it in today. I don't, I don't feel very good. And he said, all right, well, you know, text me later. Tell me how you're feeling. If you're going to make it in tomorrow, whatever. And I said, sure thing. Um, and the next morning I woke up to see how I was feeling and I was feeling even worse. And I was feeling, I was feeling the early effects of vertigo. Like I wasn't, I'd, I'd feel sort of nauseous every once in a while, but it wasn't like complete. It wasn't like, you know, somebody snapped their fingers and I had vertigo. So I, I text him again. I said, Hey, I'm not going to make it in again today. I'll, I'll let you know what's going on. And then all of a sudden it hit me and it was to the point where I spent three months in bed. Um, I couldn't lift my head off the pillow. Uh, the room would spin. I'd get nauseous and throw up sometimes 15 times a day. It was, it was insane. Um, I, I went and saw, uh, saw vertigo specialist for that. They, they did all the positions and all the stuff and nothing seemed to work. Um, the vertigo wasn't subsiding. It was, it was 24 hours a day constant for three months. And then as fast as it, as it came on, it just sort of went away. Like one day I was able to get up out of bed and walk around a little bit. The next day I could walk around some more and then it was sort of done. So I went, uh, I went back to work. Anger management was great. Cause they, uh, the way we shot, we didn't, even though it was a live audience show, we didn't shoot in front of a live audience. So they were able to just tape stuff that I wasn't in. And then when I felt better and came back to work, then I spent like two weeks literally shooting every scene that I had that I had missed up until that point. And, uh, and then they edited all of them together and they put them out. So there was no, there was no issue, but, um, I had the vertigo and again, you know, doctors and everyone were going, they, they were scratching their heads going, this doesn't make any sense. So it, it went away and, uh, life sort of resumed. And then around December of 2000, I'm a little I, the, the dates and the time I'm, I'm a little, I'm already bad with dates and history and all that, but I'm, I'm really bad with it now. Um, but around December of 2014, um, I started noticing little neurologic things happening. I was oversteering when I would drive, like I would things that I'm really good. Like I, I love driving. I mean, you know that I, you know, I, I race. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was oversteering and hitting curbs and doing weird little things. And I would say certain words and I would, I would slur them like I was drunk, but I don't drink. Um, I drink water. And, and so I had this trainer at the time, this guy, Harley Pasternak. And, uh, I went to him and I told him what was going on. And he was like, 
you know, you seem fine to me. I, I don't, I, I haven't noticed you slurring any words or whatever. Um, and at the end of the session that we had, he said to me, he was like, you know, now that you pointed it out, you did slur, you have slurred a few words. I have noticed it. I was like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. So, uh, I, I went and saw, um, saw a neurologist, a really good one. And he said, I, you know, I would assume maybe that you have some sort of a virus and I would give it like three months or so and it should pass. So, uh, so I went home thinking, okay, well, I've got some sort of virus that's affecting some neurologic stuff, but it'll pass. Um, I, I, from that point on spent the next six months of my life in bed. Um, and neurologically things just went down and down and down. Um, I went from slurring words here and there to getting to the point where I could literally say one word every 30 seconds. Um, I, I couldn't walk. Uh, I, if there was, if there was a, a glass of water next to me, uh, next, next to me at the, on the table next to the bed, my hand, I would have to circle it like three or four times for my brain to figure out where it was and for my hand to go to the glass. I walked, I, I couldn't walk. Um, I, I had no balance. Uh, so I had to walk with my hands up. And so I, I would actually joke because I walked like a T-Rex which is funny now because it's after the fact, but during the time, during, you know, when, when it was happening, it wasn't very funny. Um, but I had to shuffle, uh, my feet and hold my hands up because I was afraid that I would lose my balance and I, I could fall. I ended up doing, um, speech therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy for seven, eight months to start getting back into it. And that was, that was literally only after I got a second opinion and the guy said, you should, the doctor said, you should rehab this like a stroke. And I, I said, well, I, I didn't, I've had two MRIs. I didn't have a stroke. We've done all this blood work. I've done 190 blood tests and two MRIs and everything comes back totally clean and good. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, that's, I, I understand that, but you should still rehab this like you had a stroke because it sounds like a stroke. And I, there was a part of me psychologically that didn't want to give in to the fact that I had to rehab it like it was a stroke because I felt like I was being a, being a healthy, uh, a healthy person for the most part, you, you feel like you're sort of giving in to something. Um, but I didn't, I didn't want it to get any worse. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't speak. I, I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. At that point, I had such brain fog that, uh, that my, one of my best friends that I've had for 20 plus years, this guy, Scott came over to the house to visit me and my sister was there and, uh, I reintroduced him to my sister and they'd known each other for 20 plus years. Mm. Um, but it was just such brain fog. I just, it, you sort of get to the point where it's the only way I can explain it is, you know, physically when you swim in a pool for a long time and you get out of the pool and you have that sort of fog on your eyes from the chlorine, like you, you know, it's, everything's a little hazy. It was that with my brain. So everything that I wanted to do or thought about, my body was about 30 seconds behind, including my, including my mouth, including everything. So there was, there was that delay. And that was, that was one of the biggest things, um, to sort of, to get through. Um, so I, I started rehabbing and then, uh, and then funny enough, I got the email from you about doing this podcast and, uh, and, I thought, well, A, I, I'm not doing anything else. I can't act right now. Nobody knows about this, but I can't, I, you know, I'm rehabbing. So, uh, so yeah, why not? Uh, it, it's good practice for me. It's good practice, um, speaking, speaking freely and, and, you know, and being, being sort of off the cuff with everybody. And, and so it was being with you and Steve doing this as much as I give you a hard time because it's fun. Um, 
this podcast was a really important part of sort of rehab and normality for me. Um, I ended up doing the Toyota race again. Mm -hmm. It was the last year that they had done it. And that was, that was like jumping off a cliff. That was trial by fire for me because it was driving. I, you know, I didn't drive for seven, eight months. Um, and then I could again, and then I'm racing. I'm on, I'm on the, I'm on the Long Beach Grand Prix roads track and I'm, I'm racing in a car. And, uh, it was, it was literally, okay, I'm going to go a hundred percent what, you know, what, what I can do. And so, it, so the podcast, the racing, all these little things, um, they, they were all a huge part of, uh, of rehabbing for me. And so, uh, so I'm, I'm definitely thankful for that, but the, but the biggest message for me with anyone, um, is there's, you know, even, even when you're, even when you're in a situation that seems like the darkest tunnel, there's light at that end of the, at the end of that tunnel. And, um, and you'll get there. It takes time. I've been, I've been rehabbing since, since then, and it's now 2020. Um, so it's been, it's been about a four and a half year process for me. I'm now, for for other people on the outside seeing me, I'm 100% in my own mind, knowing what I'm capable of, and I'm sure some of it is age, <laughs> and I don't want to admit it. Um, but I feel like I'm like 98.5%, 99 maybe. Um, it's kind of that thing where like you know if you if you hurt your ankle, people see you walking and they go, oh, your ankle's better, and it's like, well, it seems better to you. But I know that it still hurts me, and I'm walking differently to uh, to compensate for that that ankle pain that I have, and that's that's what I've I've been doing for a while is is compensating um, until you know until certain things are totally rehabbed. What is that one percent for you when you when you it's, say you feel uh, like what do you, what do you feel like you're not markers you're not hitting? It it's. Uh, it's little things. It's like, it's brain recall. It's word recall. It's, it's these little things where, you know, when you have brain fog, um, I mean, the example of like, I reintroduced my best friend to my sister. Yeah. Um, it's that thing of like, if, if you see somebody and you know what their name is and you'll sit there for a second, you're like, and everything's on the tip of your tongue. And, and you're like, God, it's right there. I can't remember. Oh, that's what it is. You know, or certain words or certain, you never know what they are, but then all of a sudden you, you try and go through your memory files and find them and it's, they're not totally there or you have to search a little more. You can't, uh, I have a little, I have a little more trouble improving, which, which doing the, doing the reboot was great with that because I improved a lot. And so it was really good for the muscle of doing that and being in the moment. And, uh, and that worked well for me, but it's, it's, uh, it's a tough situation. You know, when, uh, when Luke had his stroke, that was a tough situation for me because having, having been through rehab and all of that, that was sort of similar. I assumed, okay, I'll go to the hospital. I'll see Luke. I'll see what's there and what's not. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been going through this so I can sit with him. I can help him with this. Like this is, it's a slow process, but it'll, he'll be back eventually. Um, and then to have lost him was like, it was that thought of, you know, I, I went through, I went through something, um, I went through something psychologically that was so similar, but physically it wasn't similar at all. I mean, what, what he went through was a massive physical stroke. Yeah. And what I went through was a massive mental stroke. Like my body literally, I have a, I have a doctor now that I see, I, I have this homeopathic doctor that I see because I, I kind of got, I finally got to the point where I was like, I need, I need some sort of answers. I can't, I, you know, I don't want to drink coffee and relapse or do, do whatever I did and, and relapse. So I need some sort of answer at some point. And 
with him, it became a thing. It, it became a thing with him of diet of I I've from what, from what I now understand, I've been allergic to gluten and dairy and those things, um, for a long time. And I've, I always ate gluten. I ate tons of pasta when I was a kid and I ate bread and I, you like, those were, I tons of them. And the body gets to the point where it, you know, it starts collecting all of this inflammation, which I had, I had physical signs of that. I didn't think anything of, I thought, Oh, it's just my body type. Like, you know, that's, that, that just sort of is how my body looks and what, what I have to deal with. Um, so the body in dealing with inflammation and, uh, and all of that, it doesn't have as much room to deal with other things. So flus, common colds, uh, you know, things like that, the body, it throws the body completely out of whack because it's already on a daily basis fighting these, these things that you're doing. And, you know, you start, your body starts becoming a hundred percent of the time in this fight or flight mode, which it's only supposed to be in like 5% of the time. The idea is that it, it kicks into that mode when it's got something to fight and it's got to survive. And it does that. But if your body is at a hundred all the time, then when you do something that then takes it to 150, the body's like, I, I can't, I can't deal with this. And at the point when it all moved into my bloodstream, my brain was like, I, I can't, this is too much. And it totally disconnected from my body. And, uh, and so it was, it was, it was really sort of cleaning the body and, and, um, and cleaning the cells and, you know, detoxifying everything on, on that level that it really finally started coming back. But, uh, it, it, it took a while. I mean, that's, it's still, I'm still dealing with stuff now and it's, this started, what did I say? 2014. Yeah. So, so yeah, my story's a lot bigger than vertigo. Yeah, than no, it is. Crash. And it's fascinating to, <laughs> to hear you talk about, I think in, in 2016, I was having these issues. I've always had issues in 2016. I was having these specific issues where, um, it wasn't so much slurring my speech, but I was, I was saying, I was saying things that I didn't know I was saying if that makes mm. sense like i was yeah. i would say right. something and be like i didn't mean to say that it was right. it was almost like having no filter except i wasn't it was an internal monologue it was just right you know it was kind of like mild Tourette's almost right and i was when i would drive like i'd be driving to work i'd be driving to the newspaper and 20 minutes later i would be like two towns over and like i'd right. never i never like how did i get here yeah right and but I just, it wasn't I just like totally lost track of that 20 minutes it, those it, are gone it wasn't like i zoned out or anything it was just like 20 minutes is gone like i and i'm i'm in the next town over and i totally missed work and i had two mr i had a, a cat scan and two mris done and they found this pressure spot on the back of my skull and did this biopsy and it turned out to be nothing but uh, kind of relieved the pressure from it and, and with medication ended up being fine within three or six months, but it was so freaking bizarre to not be in control of, I felt like I wasn't in control of myself. It's so scary. You know, people, I, which is, which is I, mild I'm guilty compared as well. To, I never, I never thought about brain health. Yeah. I, I work out and I, I try and eat right. And I do those things, but you don't think about, brain health. You don't, you don't even think about the fact that your brain a is a muscle and B is, is a major component in your body. And when yeah. your brain shuts down the, the body, it doesn't matter how strong you are, how it, all of that goes away. The brain is the computer. And when it resets, um, it resets. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a, it was a thing for me of, I always try and explain to people it wasn't um, it wasn't relearning how to do things. It was remembering how to do things. Like I grew up playing drums, but there was a certain point where I would sit at a drum set and I couldn't physically play the drums. I couldn't my hands couldn't find where toms were, where cymbals were, where it was and it was really odd for me. I mean, I, you know, again, I grew up playing drums. I, I've played them my whole life. I'm now forty six years old. The same way I grew up walking and, and talking. And, uh, and so 
I would sit on the drums and then, and not be able to play. And then a week later I'd sit on the drums, not having played or practiced or anything, but I would play better because the brain just is doing this subtle rewiring and remapping of everything. You know, if, if you had a stroke or whatever, it has to go around or injuries or, you know, certain things like that. So the brain is really amazing, but it's, people don't realize how important it is. And, and it's so important to, uh, to, to be healthy and to, to maintain brain, uh, you know, your brain accuracy and support and, and to, uh, to take, uh, take as many things as, as you can healthy supplements to keep your brain healthy and, and strong and working right. Um, you don't, you don't think about it until, until it's gone and you go, Jesus, I, 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 I noticed it a little bit with the vertigo stuff because it was no matter how strong I was, it didn't matter that there was being nauseous was sort of out of my control. But with this, it was really, it's really telling just how much the brain is responsible for. I think it's brave of you to go through all this and tell everybody this, this story. I mean, something, I mean, something major you've, you've dealt with, um, for so long now and you yourself say you haven't fully recovered from yet. So it's, it's a uh, huge struggle for you. Yeah, I didn't, you know, for a long time while I was still recovering, I didn't want to talk about it or, or have, or I didn't want people to know about it because I didn't want people to feel sorry for me and I didn't want to be judged because of it. And I didn't, I didn't completely understand that I've done, I've done a lot of work with like make a wish and I've, I've been around a lot of people that are mentally or physically handicapped and you you want to help them, but you don't totally understand them. And I still, I still don't want to say that I understand what it is, but I, I definitely have a better understanding of it. Like that, that feeling for me of, you know, when you're, when you're rehabbing and you're recovering from, from something, you feel like a prisoner in your own body for, for a while. Like I, I spent a good two and a half years I mean, two and a half years, if you think about that, two and a half years, that's a long time just listening because I couldn't, I couldn't talk enough to really, um, really be able to, to vocalize what it was that I was, that I was feeling or what was going on. And, and so at that point it becomes, it becomes much more a, an outlook thing. Like I, I really tried to keep a positive outlook and, and think, okay, I can, I can easily slip into depression with this or go, you know what, I'm going to stay positive and I'm going to fight because I'm really good at that. And that's always been in me and I'm going to recover from this. Um, I have to, I, this is, you know, something like that. Um, it affects everything. It affected work obviously, but it affected my relationship with my wife. It reflect, it reflected, it, it affected my relationships with my kids. It reflected my relationships with my family, um, with friends. Um, it changes everything. And, uh, and, it's unfortunate because it's time that you can't ever get back. Um, but you can work from this time forward and, and, and make the best of it. Um, but it's, it's hard. I mean, it affected. So, you know, there's, there's all this, there, there was all this stuff that went on that all the stories that came out with my son cash and, uh, and that I wasn't, that I wasn't spending a lot of time with him, but I, I physically couldn't. Um, he, he lives with his mom close to his school. Uh, he was finishing junior high, going into high school. I was dealing with this. And so I knew I couldn't, I couldn't drive. So I couldn't drive him to school. He couldn't come stay with me. He couldn't stay with me on weekends because I couldn't, I, I couldn't, I wasn't getting out of bed. I wasn't, I had such brain fog that I, that it, it wasn't possible to do anything. So I could keep in touch with him through text messages and that when I could, but it was, 
brain fog is, uh, is a monster in itself. It really is. Um, you can't totally explain it. I mean, all, all I can give you is examples of it. And I think the one of introducing my sister to my best friend is a really good one where all, all common sense and uh, everything that you've ever learned or understood is, is all gone. And it's all, it's all in this crazy little like Ziploc bag bubble of, you know, of your brain is there, but it's not functioning the way it normally does. And it's not, and it's not by choice. It's not, I didn't choose for that to happen. I, I didn't choose to, uh, to be in that circumstance. It, it just was the circumstance that I was in. And so when you're in it, then you're in it and you just, you work your hardest to get out of it. And I knew, I, you know, I knew as I was recovering, um, that, that it was affecting things, but there's, it's, that's a hard situation. Cause when you go through something that long, it starts affecting your confidence. Yeah. And so at the point when I could see cash and could spend time with him, I was super self-conscious because I wasn't a hundred percent and nobody would know me better than my own son when I was not speaking the way that I normally speak or not thinking the way that I normally think, or there are little signs he would notice those. And I was super self-conscious of those. And, and so that's another way that it affected my relationship with him. I, I, you know, I couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't be as present as I wanted to be physically or mentally because I, I just couldn't. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't possible. Um, things are good now. And I mean, he, you know, he knew and his, his mom knew, uh, when it was going on. Um, but that's, that's just one of those, like, how does anybody know how to deal with that situation? That's it's, it's, it's a hard situation to go through. And for me, it was that thing of like, you know, am, am I ever going to recover from this? Like, is it, Am I never going to act again? Am I never going to be a good father for my kids again? Like what, you know, holy crap. Like what, what is going on with me? And nobody has any answers. Doctors can't figure out what's going on. And it's really, really scary. And, um, and so any, anybody else out there that's, that's dealing with currently or has dealt with anything similar, um, I give you a lot of, a lot of respect for, for, for dealing with it and and coming out of it because it's, uh, it's not easy. And people that, people that don't know, don't know. And you can't, you can't explain it to somebody until you're in it. Um, and people don't fully understand it until they're in it. But, uh, but this seems like as good a time as any now to, uh, to talk about this and, and, open up this conversation. And if anybody has, uh, has any thoughts or similar experiences, um, email them to us, send them to us, uh, you know, leave, leave them, uh, leave, leave word of them on, on whatever site you're, you're listening through or, uh, or on Instagram or I'll have Derek post this. He didn't post the last one, but, uh, we actually released another, uh, another one, which, uh, another episode, which I'm not sure if people are yeah. are aware of. Yeah, it's out there. Oh, okay. I don't. I just don't think it got posted on Instagram. But all right. But it's uh, it's out there. Well, you're that's huge. Um, and for you to say that, but I know in light of everything, and 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 two, you talk about how you didn't get those years. You feel like you you missed out on that time. That's time you don't get back. But at the same at the same time. <laughs> your outlook and your, your mission kind of has changed for the better as a result. So yeah, you feel like a better, you feel like a better person as a result of it. Well, or stronger. You, you, when you're going through something like that and you decide that you're going to deal with it in as positive a way as you can, um, it changes who you are. It, it changes, uh, I mean, it, it really, it, I, which which I wasn't very good at before it forced me to really listen to people, which not a lot of people do. Um, people get really good at talking 
and then they just sort of speak over whatever is going on and everyone else talking just becomes background noise, but everyone wants to get their point across and they want to win arguments and they want to do that. And, uh, and so that was, that was a big thing for me. And then just deciding, you know, who, as I, as I, uh, recover from this, what kind of person do I want to be? Who do I want to be? What, like, what kind of father do I want to be? What kind of friend do I want to be? What kind of, what kind of, uh, what, in what ways do I want to use whatever soapbox I have? Um, do I want to better humanity with it or do I just want to recover and then just worry about myself? And, uh, and I, I've just, I've chosen to, uh, to positively affect people as much as possible and affect change and, and be there for people. Um, and, and so that's a lot of good did come out of that situation. Um, I mean, would I, would I like it? Would I like to have not gone oh, yeah, through that? Of yeah, course. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time though, I don't know if, I don't know if, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if I would have made the changes that I would have made if I hadn't have gone through right. something like that. Right. I think, I think that sort of situation, um, lent itself to the changes that I made. So it, it's one of those, you know, looking back on it, which thank God I'm able to do now. I'm, I'm able to look back on that experience and tell it as a story, like, Hey, this is something that happened to me and not something that's happening now. Um, Again, thank goodness. Um, but when it was happening, it was it was hard. That was that was yeah. that was absolutely the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. And you know what was what made it doubly hard was I didn't have anybody that had any similar experience to uh, to speak to about it, or to hear from, or to to feel better by. I didn't. I saw it was, it was party of one for me. It was, I was completely alone in, in dealing with it. And, uh, you know, you're in, you're in your own head doing it. And, and so now for me, if there's anybody that I can help that has had a stroke or had anything similar to what I had happen, um, I'm more than happy to. And I, and I want people to know that it, that you absolutely will recover from something you know, some things may be different. Um, you may do things, you may have to do things differently, but as does everyone, I, you know, I've always, I've always wondered how somebody, uh, somebody that's living in a wheelchair or living or, or living without, uh, without limbs or with prosthetics or, you know, how they deal. And you do, uh, that people are amazing. They, they, they figure out ways of doing stuff that they shouldn't be able to do, uh, because that's, that's what you do. You, you want to live, you want to live as full life as possible. You want to go on. You don't want to just be a victim of something the rest of your life. And, uh, so, so hats off to people, uh, to people that work as hard as they do. Um, I, uh, I respect you for it. We talk about the issues here. <laughs> yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Very, very off track for our show. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's we what... Don't, we don't normally take it seriously, but every once in a while, we have to steer in a serious way. <laughs> you went to the extreme with it this time. Yes, we did. No, it's, I mean, that, that's, it's important. I think it would be important, and I know in your, in your own personal circles, you've talked about it, obviously, but it's important to talk about for other people, too, uh, to, to recognize, you know, this and if they were to come in contact with, with, with it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Noted. Okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> on that note. Yeah. What? On that note, thank you for listening. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry if, uh, if, if I just bored the crap out of you. No, you, one thing I will give you is you, you are an effective storyteller. Thank you. I, I, you, 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 you do manage to, and I was thinking this going back and, and listening to some old, uh, older stuff we've done, uh, just out of sheer boredom uh, here lately. But you, you always manage to to hook 
uh, somebody in when you're telling a story. I mean, you're, you're, you're one of those people that I imagine at a party, everybody's kind of gathered around as you're holding court, so to speak. Right. Thank you. I don't know that it was a compliment, but you, you, go ahead. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well, so, so what's funny to think about, I was thinking about this before. If you think back to when we started this podcast, right? Right. Remember the first like two episodes I was chewing gum? Yes. I was doing that because I was self-conscious and I was still slurring words. Really? And so I felt better about myself chewing gum, speaking. Think, listen back to those shows, yeah. listen to how much slower I was speaking. That was that I, it was, it was all I could do. And I, I'm sure people, including you will go back and listen and you'll go, Hey, you know what? And there's, what's really funny is I, I never left the house with Megan, but I did a couple times and I was papped and there there's, there's one shot of I'm walking with Megan and I was wearing shorts and like a, a collared like polo shirt um, and sunglasses. And my hair was all messed up. And I was, that was at a time when I could barely walk and nobody noticed it in, in the shop. But if you look back on it now, um, you might, I, you can, you can tell physically that something's off with me. Um, so that's what was off. So, so now it's sort of like, where's Waldo? Like you can go back and you can go, Hey, yeah, he, he wasn't, he wasn't walking properly there. He wasn't speaking properly there. He wasn't his normal self there. That's our next That's, product we need to come out with is the Where's Brian Austin Green animated children's book. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just a new beanie. <laughs> not a, not a red and white striped one. There you found him. Three yeah. seconds. It'll be, it'll be pictures of me, but like we'll black out a tooth or something and I'll just be smiling in all of them. And you have to find my smiling head missing a tooth. Thanks to social distancing. He's the only person in the photo. It's just him right there. He's the only yeah. What are we playing out to? Uh, you know what? Last I don't time know. You hadn't I don't know a new if list. I have any new music for this year. I don't know if I've done this. Let me look and see. Uh, last time you had not cultivated a new list. I'll just let me see. Uh, yeah, God, I need to. Need, I I don't even have a folder for. It's time. You know what I've been listening to a lot recently is uh, your children. <laughs> my children <laughs> in the car is, because we uh, can't go anywhere because right, we're off quarantine. Right, yeah. <laughs> Sitting in my car with the engine running, yeah. just dreaming of driving. <laughs> um, God, I'd love to go somewhere. Let's, let's go out to this. Uh, Slum Village Selfish. All right. You can find us online, withbagpod.com, at withbagpod on the internet. We'll see you next time. We'll be a little bit more uh, more regular. Consistent? consistent? Yeah. We'll try. Hey, regular we'll try. like we have IBS. But we'll be, we'll, we'll be more consistent. Or at least try. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. My thick chicks down in Texas All the way to New Orleans Where the girls cook catfish And in LA Every chick's an actress Hollywood status With the shaded glasses To Detroit Yeah, the place that I rest Where the ladies got asses And a lot sex And Hot Atlanta, y'all Is one of the best Where they speak southern slang And smoke lasses And New York women Are way too fresh Too much on your mind Let me ease that stress I wish you all were mine It's so selfish Maybe I'm feeling myself Too much, I guess Why? To my ladies all across the globe In small towns that I don't even know No, To all local international code Whether you see me in streets or catch me at shows I'm calling, yeah, maybe I'm selfish I'll talk to you